Welcome to season six of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xdan. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. Two guarantees that we maintain you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 112 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers Marketing. And this podcast is made possible by Powers of Marketing. We focus on strategic content creation, including podcast and event production, hosting, and emceeing. Today's show is extra special. I mean, every show is special and every guest is special, but today is extra special for a couple of reasons. One is we are recording in person. This is only the third time in 112 episodes that that has been the case. And also it is someone who's related to me. <laughs> so I've been wanting to have my niece on for a really long time because she's a kick-ass agency owner and president now, but she didn't start out that way. So welcome, Lindsay, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. This is really fun. Hey, she's in town visiting and we've been wanting to record an episode. And so what better time than now? All right, I'm going to give you her little bio here. Lindsay Basher is the president of Tribute Media, an inbound marketing agency and HubSpot partner in Meridian, Idaho. That's Boise, for those of you who don't know that one city <laughs> in Idaho. Tribute Media helps businesses grow online through creating a web presence that attracts visitors, converts leads, and delights customers. Since implementing a four-day work week for Tribute Media at the beginning of 2022, Lindsay uses her extra time off to travel, to visit family, friends, and to see as much live music as possible, which she is doing tonight here. We are. She's doing two out of three. <laughs> two out of three, though. So it's just actually three out of three because I'll see friends there. Oh, yeah. So fantastic. I love it. I love it when a plan comes together, too. So, all right. So I had kind of a hard time, like, figuring out what I wanted us to, to talk about. And so I think we're going to touch on a few things, you know, I didn't mention in my questions about the four-day work week. So Ooh. you want to work that into your answer oh, in any way. I always try yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually are guests on episode 108, the agency owners, Chief Nation in the UK, they are also now on a four-day work week. So this is a phenomenon that I am just totally down for. Yeah. All right. So here in Making a Marketer, we love highlighting women leaders. And so, of course, extra special when they're one of my relatives. So let's talk first about your journey and how you came to be president of Tribute Media. I mean, this is an oversimplification, but I guess I kind of like stole it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Tell us more. I am a, yeah, I'm just a really, I guess, driven person who will insist on making my vision, <laughs> the vision of the company. So no, I guess the, the longer version of that story is, you know, I had my own like small content marketing agency. I was basically, you know, freelancing with another partner and, you know, we were doing some work for some small local businesses, content creation, social media kind of stuff. I was looking for some additional contracts and I, you know, Tribute Media had been on my radar. They were based right in my town, a mile from my front door. Uh, so very geographically desirable <laughs> office location. But no, I would see them at networking events and everything. And they always just seemed like they were having a great time. So I kind of had my eye on them. And when an opportunity came up to take a contract with them to do some content writing for their clients uh, to fill a, a little gap they had, I took it and I was there about six weeks and they were starting to 
hire for a project manager. And I was like, I'd be a project manager. Sure, why not? <laughs> so I went from writing content part-time to writing content part-time and project managing part-time and sort of kind of to dissolve my, you know, other business and bring some people over and everything. But, you know, I had every job pretty much in the agency from that point. I went from being a project manager to leading the development team, from leading the development team to leading the marketing team, then to kind of leading both. Uh, became a partner. And yeah, I, I mean, I've really had a lot of leadership and autonomy in the agency since I started there, but really officially in 2020 is when I took over the role of presidency uh, from our founder, Corey Smith, who was kind of winding down his work in the business. Awesome. 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 All right. So as we were talking about, you know, kind of what we wanted the show to be on, you shared with me that you've implemented things that you've learned from guests on our podcast um, within your company, which is super exciting to me. And I know you didn't just tell me that because you're my niece. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, for real, like, cause it, it's it, podcast land is kind of uh, not lonely is not quite the right word, but it's, you know, we don't, we just don't get a ton of feedback. We know that people continue to listen. And that is, you know, the metric that we see like, okay, people must still be liking what we're doing. <laughs> and sometimes we get feedback on, on social media, but anyway, generally it's kind of like, we don't get it as much. So I really appreciated the things that you told me. So can you think of one or two things that were kind of aha moments that you took to your team? Yeah, absolutely. So one of them was the owner of, is it Savvy Mutter, Amy Knightley. She was talking about, you know, finding content in, you know, lots of different places. And it's so funny because that's something that I really pride myself on. And I talk to people all the time about where they can find content for their business. But she had a couple of nuggets that I just, you know, had never really thought of before. And I think the way, you know, she distilled it down was just, you know, send me an email of like the most interesting thing that happened to you today or the most interesting question you had or the most difficult thing you had to solve. And what that did for us not only gave me another idea for places to pull content from for, you know, our marketing messaging and that kind of stuff, but was even just for like interdepartmental training, if you will, just instead of pressuring our team to say, hey, come up with a training for our, you know, Monday morning meetings, I just said, let's take, you know, each week, each of us will just bring a thing that is something that was like a tough problem we had to solve or an interesting question we had. And that's how we can all kind of keep track of what everybody else is doing in the business. Right. I think it just has really helped, you know, in the time that we've implemented it, just help everybody kind of connect and understand what everybody's up to. So that was a really cool aha moment. Of course, you had Anne Hanley on, which I am like such a fangirl. And this was already implemented. So this is kind of cheating. But, uh -huh. you know, I made everyone who works for me read Everybody Writes. It's just such a good common sense guide to being a good communicator. Right. And so just getting to hear her talk is always yeah. amazing. So it was amazing to get to interview her. That was a big get for us. We were like really hoping, really hoping. So I love that. Yeah. And Amy's episode just blew me away. I feel like that is one of the most tactic filled shows that we've had, like things that you could, I feel like our guests usually share something that people can implement right away. But that was like one thing after another. And Jen and I were both totally blown away. Oh yeah. I flew into my office and I was like, I have ideas. <laughs> Amy has ideas. I use right. them. Because of Amy. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Right. Perfect. Okay. So the concept of traction yeah. and the entrepreneurial operating system or EOS, this is new to me and it might be new to our listeners. And so I thought this would be really interesting to talk about. So can you first share kind of what it is and then talk about how you implemented it at your agency? Yeah. So I mean, this is actually really a big part of the story I really distilled down there at the beginning, which is, you know, how did I become the president of Tribute Media? And Traction has a lot to do with that. Traction is something that I came to learn 
part of by getting a few moments at a table at a conference with an agency owner I admired and just kind of asked him, hey, what's like a, a tip that you have for somebody who's looking to grow like your agency has grown and brought. He said, you know, pick a pick an operating system or some kind of, you know, business framework and stick to it. And we use traction. And I like smiled and nodded like I knew what he was talking about. And I totally didn't. But I Googled it and kind of started looking into it and figuring it out. But it was even a couple more years before one of my good friends and again, just a businesswoman I really admire brought up traction um, EOS as a solution to a problem I was having and complaining to her about over pedicures. And, you know, she said, you've really got to read this and you really need to understand like it will change your business. So as a leadership team, which at the time was myself, our founder and our other partner who works today in the business with me. And we, you know, we started, I I would say at first we skimmed it. (laughs) We skimmed the book and kind of started pulling out the things that we wanted to implement right away. And you know, some of those things, if you were just going to distill traction into a few ideas, you know, there's first this idea that every organization needs to have a set like accountability structure. Every organization is going to have a visionary, the person who has the big ideas and the implementer, the person who actually can help see those ideas into existence because, you know, the visionary is usually the squirrel, you know, shiny object, uh, sufferer. So yeah, you know, that is one of the ideas there. Also that, you know, every business is going to have these three buckets of finance, operations, and sales and marketing, and making sure that you have someone who owns each of those things. And people are not like in each other's areas. And you're not trying to share that ownership, because I guess, you know, if everybody owns it, nobody owns it, right? So there's that concept, you know, it also is just a, a really great framework. Like if you just have a great business idea and you want to start a business, but you've not been to business school and you don't know how to do those things. It will just be kind of your guide to, this is when I should have meetings. This is who should be involved in those meetings. This should be the agenda for those meetings. These should be the expectations. And it just really breaks it down. So it's kind of interesting that we found it so far along in the story of our agency. You know, this was, I guess, probably about four or five years ago and we've been around for 15 years. So, you know, it wasn't like we didn't know how to run a business. We were doing it pretty okay. Traction just really clarified and solidified a lot of structure for us. And like I said, at first we just sort of sort of implemented little things here or there, but now we are trying to bring it more and more into the entire business. So, you know, first it just started with the leadership team. I think if you would have asked my team the first two years we were operating under traction, they couldn't have told you what it is. But over the last couple of years, we've really been implementing a lot of these like different, you know, the, the level 10 meeting agenda into lots of other meetings within our company. And so it's just, yeah, it's becoming more of a a true philosophy that we're following, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, And you can, you know, we are self-implementers. There is a word for, you know, the way we did it in the world of traction. We're self-implementers, but you can hire a traction implementer. And I think for a lot of businesses, that could be a really positive thing. We definitely probably could have done things a lot faster and more efficiently if we 
we would have done something like that, but we went our own way and right. seems to work out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So with new hires, then is there like a training on that or is it just something that they learn as they yeah, go? Yeah. At this point, it is sort of a learn, learn as they go because we are sort of implementing Still. as we go. Right. And so, you know, it's sort of that first morning, Monday morning meeting that they're involved in. We really just implemented the level 10 kind of structure to that meeting, you know, in the last month. If they're part of our inbound marketing team, Katie, our, you know, she's kind of the overseer. She's that operations person who oversees all of our fulfillment. Our director of client services is her title, but she runs our inbound team meeting like a level 10. And so that's how she's taking us through checking in on clients and, you know, working through any issues and that kind of thing. So yeah, people are exposed to it the first time they're exposed to a meeting setting or when we have our company meetings and we set our rocks. I know the air quotes are really helpful in podcasting. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> But yeah, rocks, you know, setting goals for the quarter. That's another big kind of traction idea. So, okay. Rocks. I like rocks. So what do you think is the biggest positive change that's come out about as you've implemented it? Yeah. So for us, it was understanding that we had three leaders in the company and two of us were visionaries and we had one implementer and we had two visionaries, myself and Corey, our founder, and our visions were aligned enough that we'd been successful working in the business together for years, you know, but it was just clear that there was enough of a difference in what our vision for the company was. And two of us who are very like loud and powerful and driven voices, we were going to vision the company to death. (laughs) You know, you, you can't implement two visions. And so our integrator, Jillian, she, you know, of course, is our sort of foundation or our rock, if you will. And she agreed that it was kind of a, you know, she could see that in both of us. She was classic 100% integrator to the core. And Corey and I were both, Corey is 100% visionary. I have a little bit of both characteristics, but I was definitely in my career path, moving more towards my visionary tendencies. And so I think that was really the big moment for us is when we realized, you know, for a lack of a better term, like the business wasn't big enough for the both of us. And we just kind of, you know, we had a very grown up, productive conversation. I mean, I was open truly to anything. Like if it meant I needed to find something different or change my role in the company, like I was open to that, but we just sort of put it out there. Like, whose vision should lead Tribute Media into the future. And, you know, we rock, paper, scissors. No. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Corey just, yeah, he decided that he wanted that to be mine. And that's sort of, I mean, that was really, I guess the peel back the layers of the onion of how did I become president of tribute media yeah. and traction is a big, big part of that. And so is there like a quiz or something you can yeah. take to figure out what, yes. what you are? That's a great question. So that quiz actually exists in a sort of companion book to traction. It's you know part of the EOS, but rocket fuel is oh, the name right. of the book. And I actually did read rocket fuel before traction when my friend was, you know, trying to help me through this, you know, the problem I hadn't yet identified was that Corey and I were both the visionary and there will be one the visionary, right? So she actually told me that rocket fuel was going to be 
the most impactful. So I read that in like a weekend. And that's when I took that quiz. And then I made Tori take the quiz. And then I made Jillian take the quiz. And that's where it all came out. Like, okay, here's, here's our problem. (laughs) Right. I love that. That's so cool. Right. So you mentioned that you are, you mentioned inbound. And so your agency is an inbound HubSpot certified agency, which you do for your clients, but also you do it for yourselves. And so we did talk about inbound marketing way back. Like I don't want to say season one or two of this show. So I love, since this is such a big part of your business and you said you have like seven people going to inbound yeah. or something. So by the time this airs, you will have already been to inbound. Oh, so I hope so you fun. had a great time. It was great. <laughs> I'm sure. Sure of it. We don't normally <laughs> record so far in advance. It's funny. So talk a little bit about that and how you help your clients grow their business through inbound. Yeah. So first of all, inbound marketing, I guess that's a, a term that HubSpot coined, but it's not a new idea, right? It's just this idea of attracting people to your company through content that's useful, that it gets in front of the right people at the right time where they spend time online instead of, you know, the old school, more outbound method of billboards and radio ads and that kind of stuff, stuff that doesn't take into account the audience or, you know, it's, it's just shouting your message to people who aren't necessarily looking for you. Right. So, you know, that concept is, is not really new. And so I would say we were already really doing inbound because we were never an agency that was selling media or doing anything like that. We were doing organic search optimization, which obviously is so content-based. So we were already doing all the right things. We just sort of found HubSpot and saw the alignment in the business and became partners back in 2015. Our website's built on HubSpot. We use the HubSpot CRM. We use, you know, all the the marketing hub, the sales hub, the service hub, all of those things in our business. And then we help our clients and not in print, not all of our clients use HubSpot, certainly don't use it to that extent, but you know, most of them have like the free CRM or whatever, but we help people buy HubSpot. We get them onboarded with HubSpot. We help them implement it in their business. We can provide inbound marketing services for them. And so, yeah, ultimately what we do is just sort of recreate how we've been able to build our business for our clients. So in fact, right now, I mean, Tribute Media doesn't really have a salesperson. Like it's me. Right. I do it. And it's because we don't really prospect. We don't do any like cold outreach. We are getting inbound leads through the work that we do for ourselves, which is like the work we do for our clients. Now, I don't recommend that. You know, I think every business should have a salesperson if you want to have, you know, somebody to pick that up from marketing and then takes, I mean, I do take people, I act as a salesperson and I take them through that journey, but it just so happens that, you know, with the the rate we want to grow and everything, we're kind of fine with with where we're at. In any case, yeah, we do all of those, you know, services and try to recreate that success so that our clients experience that growth. They see the traffic come into their website. We've made sure that when people get to their website, there is some clear call to action and some way that they are going to convert them into an actual lead that our clients can then follow up with and take them through that journey of becoming a customer. And then, you know, we are also because we build websites and we have a big focus on user experience, we're also able to then help them as those customers are using their website for whatever their customers use their website for, whether it's support or, you know, getting more information that they have a great, easy to use place to go and and have a good experience. That's awesome. And I, I would say I had my own agency. I mean, I still do, but I'm doing different things with it. But 
we you know like the saying like the cobbler's kid has no shoes oh, yeah. or like a painter doesn't <laughs> not, you know a painter's house is it needs to be painted that kind of whatever cliche thing i comes to mind because i do see agencies that are not drinking their own kool-aid right and so it's super smart that that's a service that you provide and that you're doing it for yourselves you're walking the walk because for the most part there's definitely yeah. some things that are broken on our website right now. like don't go look at ah, don't go look funny. at the specific thing that has like been sitting on you know we just got to get to the client stuff first but you know. right because that's the thing is you always put the client first because that's where the money is coming from directly right yeah. where you yep. can see it but if you are doing this inbound thing and doing the right things then yeah it's super smart I love it. All right. So you already mentioned rocket fuel, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know, as a listener, we always ask our guests, what's a business book recommendation for our listeners? Do you have another one or is that? Well, I was really trying to hold on to that one until we got to that (laughs) part, but it just worked into the conversation too well. Did Um, you read a book about the four day work week? You know, I didn't. Oh, okay. No, I really didn't. I mean, I obviously didn't invent it. It was just something that I, you know, had heard of. I think I went to an inbound session one year that was, you know, the keynote was probably the guy that wrote the book maybe was keynote or something. Maybe. You know? No, yeah. it was a woman CEO oh, okay. who had implemented a four-day work week. And she just said some things that about the way it was working in her agency that were really compelling that made me feel like it would be a good fit for us. And so it was actually the beginning of 2021 when we had our annual kickoff meeting, which was, again, a part of our annual strategic planning meeting that we run as a part of our attraction EOS, I said in the 2021 January kickoff meeting that our big goal and what all of our rocks were going to be working towards for 2022 was that we would go to a four-day work week in 2022. So it was definitely not like a hasty decision. We spent an entire year putting in processes, just uh, trying to account for everything. Like, how do you work fewer days? Because they're not four tens. Like, we're just four-day work week, you know? Monday through Thursday, eight-ish to five-ish, you know? So yeah, like, how do we make sure that we get in front of all of the things? How do we make the same amount of money or, you know, hopefully more money working fewer hours? And what does that have to look like? So we spent an entire year getting there and, you know, we're able to implement it at the beginning of 22. So anyways, that is not a business book, but that is a (laughs) A little bit more, like you said, you're trying to fit it in there. Here I go. I I definitely, I'm so amazing. I think it's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I got to say like rocket fuel, especially if you are in a business partnership or you're looking to start a business partnership. I mean, I think it's just so important that everybody is really aware of what they're, I mean, no, I actually really didn't think of myself as a visionary. I think because I had overlap, I always thought myself the person who could, re- I always showed up as You're an integrator. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, because I had been working with someone who was such a visionary, I was used to trying to show up as that integrator and get stuff done. But like I said, it was, I was getting to the point in my career where I wanted to focus more on, on big picture vision stuff. So I think if you don't know that about yourself or there's any question or you're not sure about your, your business partners or whatever, I think it's a really excellent book to read. And I guess along it's, it's not completely unrelated, but you know, Clifton's Strength Finder, I think, is a really impactful book, resource, test, another thing to understand, because again, it's not unrelated that the more we understood who we were and what our strengths are, the better we were able to work with each other, get the right people in the right seats, which is a very, you know, another traction mantra. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, businesses will use the Myers-Briggs, which is cool. But the thing about Clifton Strengths is that it is how you work in your job mm-hmm. because you're going to answer these questions in a different way 
based on, well, what kind of job you do, or maybe what kind of job you wish you were doing, but also it is going to depend on like the mood that you're in when you take a quiz (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. But I was blown away by, I took that recently and I was really blown away by the results. And so I'll share those with you. Oh yeah. When when we finish. Yeah. Let's see how close we are. (laughs) We're kind of similar people. We're 23% related on a 23 and me. So let's see how related we are on strengths. That's hilarious. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Lindsay, so much for being on. Uh, Thank you for having me. I feel super honored. You've had just the most incredible guests. I feel like nepotism is the only reason I get to be here. (laughs) But I'll take it. This is awesome. Absolutely. No, I would have had you on if I had (laughs) met you in another way. Okay. All right, friends. This has been episode 112 of the Making a Marketer podcast. And we will catch you next time.